family morning. You may take your seat. It's great to be with you. Uh, still seeing some new faces coming back from leave. So those that weren't here last week, welcome back. Uh, this is always an exciting time of the year for me because people are still excited to see me. Um, when you go out, it's, hey! And so later on during the year, it's, oh, hey. Um, so thank you for being excited this morning to see me. Uh, let's hope it carries further than May this year, um, that you will still be excited. Um, we are definitely blessed, just thinking about this song, to call on the name above all names. So let's never forget that. Hopefully you had a great break during December. Don't know if you are maybe one of those that you go away and you take stock and you ponder about, you know, just your work, your career, your marriage, your relationship with your mother-in-law, uh, whatever it is that you just think about, you know, the past year. So here's a word of wisdom for you. Never do this and also read the book of Ecclesiastics. Uh, I've done that before, and I quickly realized not the best book to read in December when you try and take stock of a year that you think went so well, because it says, vain, vanity, vanity, anything and everything ends up in vain, all right? And so obviously, there's more to this book, um, so if you think that you achieved and suddenly you read, everything is in vain, uh, it makes you a bit depressive in December. And so maybe you're also one of those that ponder about the year to come. And so taking stock, pondering about the year to come, uh, I'm definitely one of those individuals that do that. And so let me ask you this question this morning. The numbers behind me is to test your math skills. Who can say this number without uh, messing it up? No, it's not that. So... If I have to ask you the question, and let's be very honest this morning, if you had to gauge just your, your hope that you have for this year, naught to 10, where would you place your hope this morning? Where would you place your hope? This group, give me a number. Come by. Five. Do I have a four? Do I have a three? I know you're in church, but let's be honest. Where are you at this morning? Come, Francois, give me a number. Yo. All right, I'm preaching to the wrong crowd this morning. There's a nine. There's a nine. If you think of this year, you think of your career, you think of your financial state, you think of your future, you think of your relationships, what would your hope be this morning? Maybe you have, you have, you know, you've had this just constant discussion with your husband or wife, maybe wives more with husbands, about every year just toiling to the point that there's no time for the wife and family. And so thinking about that, where is your hope this morning that this will change? Nine? Or is that a bit closer to home? Can we go to Three? So what do you base your number on this morning? What do you base just this exercise? Where would you have placed yourself and why? As a family, we had um, just the privilege of going down to most probably the best kept secret in this church, definitely, because I know there's people that go there in this church and they never told me about it. But we had the privilege to go to Fleerspy. Please don't go there. It's a terrible place to go. 
We will go there every year. And so somebody blessed us, just opened their house. They weren't able to use it and said, here it is, go. What a blessing just to, to be part of somebody else's blessing. And so sitting there in the lounge one day, I picked up a photo album uh, that was lying on the coffee table. And just paging through it, seeing how the grandfather that recently passed away purchased this property, how he built the house, all the pictures are there, five children, these children all having children, those children now having children. Now, I know there's a big debate whether a holiday home is a blessing or not. Let's not get into that. What I did see was a deeper blessing of cousins, of brothers and sisters growing up together and being family. Um, and because of their surname, each one of them know that they have full access to this house. Because of who they are in this family, they have full access to this house. You see, the, the blessing or the privilege of something can only be enjoyed if you know that you have it. The blessing of something can only be enjoyed if you know that you have it. And so just thinking of that statement, it is so relevant and so true for believers today and for us today. The blessing that we have received, the position that we have in Christ. The blessing doesn't change if you are in Christ, but you enjoying it and experiencing the privilege of it may not be there because of your belief. And so just praying over this year, like I do every year, and just for a word for the church and for everyone, the word that I just sensed in my heart this morning is the following, knowing me, knowing you. And so for the older, sitting here, first thing that came up is Abba. Yes. Can we try that? Knowing me, knowing you. Come on. Yes. You gave away your age. I'm not going to try that tonight. They're going to look at me. Knowing me, knowing him. Knowing me, knowing him. Because here's the thing. We, in Christ, have full access and I'm going to speak about that now. But we can miss it because of two things. Not knowing who we are and not truly knowing who He is. You can miss the blessing as we sung this morning. He died so that you can live. Are you living this morning? Are you experiencing life? Are you experiencing hope? No matter what's happening around you. And so the challenge is, because we do not know who we are in Him. Truly know, not know, truly know. And we do not truly know who He is. And so why is this important? I want you to open your Bibles with me as we read together Ephesians. We're going to read together from Ephesians chapter 1. Just really sense that this is a word in season for the church as a whole. I'm going to read from verse 15. This is Paul praying, and he's praying the following. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. 
having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what the hope, what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? Wow. According to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule. Jesus has been placed far above all rule. Listen to this. And authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not just in this age. We sometimes think it's, it will be there one day. No, no, no. In this age. Not just in this age. That is his position currently. But also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all the things to the church. Father, thank you that I can just pray now over this word this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just open up this word, that you will minister unto each one of us this morning, as we just study together this morning, just this prayer that Paul prays to the Ephesian church. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's a bit of context to this prayer. When Paul is writing, he wrote this letter whilst being at the end of his life, he sits in a jail in Rome, um, and he's writing to the churches in Asia Minor, West Turkey. Now, I know the letter is called Ephesians, uh, and so I don't want to go into a lot of theology, but let me just bring some clarity. He starts off by saying, I heard about your faith. Now, in the accounts of Acts 18, we know that Paul physically went to Ephesians to bring the gospel to them. Stayed there for a short period because they wanted to kill him and he fled. Then Acts 19, we see him returning to Ephesians. And he establishes what we know as, as a Bible school. For them to study the word and to study the gospel together with them. The revelations of Jesus Christ. And then Acts 20, again we see how some of the leaders of this congregation comes to him. So there's no way that he would then write, I heard about, at the end of his life. And so he is writing yes to Ephesians, but also to the churches in, in West Turkey, which funnily enough is the same churches, we assume, definitely Ephesians, that John wrote to in chapter 1 and 2 of Revelation. All right, so here's this man at the end of his life, he's writing a letter in jail. Amazing that nowhere in this letter you see him complain. Amazing hope. What is it that he holds on to? And so when he sends this letter, he sends this letter to churches that find themselves in a time frame where sexual immorality is high, idol worship is high, false teachings is high, you know, it doesn't matter what you were created to be, you can decide what sex you are, you know, false teachings. They were under the, the depression of Roman Empire. So bad leadership just happened in their time. And so from this, Paul then writes into the circumstances of potentially hopelessness. And so in this prayer, we see the importance of knowing who you are in Christ and knowing, truly knowing who He is. And so let me focus on the first one. Verse 15, Paul starts this prayer by highlighting three reasons why he's giving thanks to this church. Verse 15, it says, for this reason... For this reason, there's the first 
reason why is giving thanks. And to understand what that reason is, you have to go and read verses 1 to 14. He says, for this reason, what I've just written about, for your faith in Jesus Christ, second reason, and for your love towards one another, I give thanks. I have heard about your faith in Jesus, and I have heard about your love for one another. What an amazing testimony. Remember, he was in Ephesians, but there's more churches. And so this is somebody that has come to him and has shared a testimony about their faith in Jesus and about their love for one another. What would the testimony, what would your testimony be on somebody else's lips this morning? What would your testimony be on somebody else's lips this morning? Here's a, a different way of asking it. Will it create hope in their lives? Will your life create hope in somebody else's life? Because you know who you are, and you know who Jesus Christ is. And so that's the two reasons. Third one, for this reason, and I don't have time to go and read verses 1 to 14, so let me summarize it to you. Paul is uh, engaging and he's saying thank you for the blessings in verses 1 to 14 that God has bestowed upon these believers who they are in Christ. And so there's a list behind me that's going to come up just quickly. Who are they? God had chosen them. God chose you, he said. So you are chosen. Who are you this morning? In Christ, you are chosen. You are adopted. What does that mean? You are a son and a daughter. God has redeemed you. He says, the blessing, meaning that you are safe. God has made known to you the mysteries of his will. You are spirit-led. God has given you an inheritance. You are a co-heir to the King of Kings. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. You are redeemed and glorified because of that. That is who you are. And he says, for this reason... Because you are a son, because you are a daughter, for this reason I give thanks. And so interesting to note, nine times in verses 1 to 14, every time that he mentions one of these blessings, it starts off or it ends with the word in, in him, in Jesus, in heavenly places. Verse 4, it says the following, he chose us. In Him. Verse 7. In Him we have redemption. Everything that you are this morning, everything that we are this morning, are birthed in Him when we declare Him as our Lord and Savior. Everything that we have received, everything that you are, is birthed in Him. The blessings just mentioned does not change. Whether you believe it or not does not change the truth, but it does impact how you live. The truth does not change. The truth is constant because Jesus Christ is the truth. But whether you believe it or not does not change that. It does influence how you live. Let me share your story to try and explain that, with, share a story with you. My brother uh, is a big man. He is a big man. I have a lot of respect for my brother because he's big. 
And so he was one of those early developers, standard five, uh, grade seven. Um, he was six foot tall. He was a lock. He played rugby. He was a beast of a man. Uh, he was cravenly captain. So everything that you think when you think of this is this is the school's bully. This is the guy that walks around and doors open automatically to him. That was the blessing that was bestowed on him. Funnily enough, the smallest guy in the class was the guy that bullied my brother. I kid you not. Honest truth. My brother, and we had mirrors in home. Let me just say that also. My brother failed to understand the blessings physically he received, and it impacted his way of living. He allowed a small boy to bully him. In Jesus, you have received every blessing that verses 1 to 14 speaks about this morning. But are you allowing the devil to bully you this morning? Because you do not truly believe who you are in Christ. You do not truly understand this morning whom you are in Christ. You see, your level of hope reflects your true belief of whom you are in Christ. Let me say that again. Your level of hope this morning, just in the future, your career, your marriage, your relationships, who, your level of hope reflects who you truly believe you are in Christ this morning. It does not change His truth. Remember that. But it does reflect. Paul continues. Verse 17. He continues with the following. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. So in verse 17, Paul comes and he declares what it is that he's praying for. Now just quickly go back to the context. He's in jail. He's about to be killed. He's going to die. What would you pray for? Deliverance to be broken out of jail? I don't know. What would you be praying for this morning? And so he's writing to this pe people that he understands the context of just the rulership over them that is not godly, everything that they've been challenged with, the core of their faith being challenged by false prophets, you know, bathrooms where girls and boys go together, everything being challenged with what they stand on, believe. And so he can pray anything. What would you be praying for a people like that? And he prays and he asks for two things, knowing that it's not just in that time, but churches to come, people to come will all go through the same. And there's only one thing that gives us hope and that will sustain us. He asks two things. I pray to the Father to give them wisdom and knowledge so that they may know Him. Knowing me, Knowing Him. Wisdom is a cognitive understanding of what is revealed. Daniel knowing that the food that was provided for them is not good food. 
That's wisdom. Revelation into what is written, understood cognitively. Revelation is a supernatural revealing through God's Spirit of things not known to man. And so he's praying for us to, to understand, to walk, to fully grasp the knowledge, the wisdom, the written, but also the supernatural. For God to reveal what mere man cannot think of or understand. And so why is he asking these two things? Because these two things are needed so that we may know Him, so that we may come to the knowledge of Him. The word knowledge there, interesting in Greek, epignosis. In Greek, knowledge, epignosis, means an overflowing experiential, listen to that word, an overflowing experiential knowledge of Him. It is not a knowledge that is based on head. But it's a knowledge, a conviction of an experience. Walking with Him. Experiencing Him as healer, as provider, as God above all. It is not something that you just merely profess with your lips. But your heart is not in it. Again, hope in Him reflects what you truly believe. Your hope over your life, over your family, over this year truly reflects what you believe of Him. And so last week I, I read this, and I'm going to read it again, Isaiah 29, verses 13 to 14. It says the following, And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth. Listen to that. There's a lot of knowledge. And honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. So everything that they believe, everything that we maybe believe this morning, I don't know about you, is based on what we are teaching. It is knowledge. And we confess it with our lips. Question is this morning, is this overflowing experiential learning? God says, because your hearts are not there, look what he's going to do. Therefore, behold, I will again do wonderful things with this people. I will show myself to you. I will show myself to us, the Lord says. Why? So that we are not a church that merely profess and speak lipwise out of our heads. But it comes from experiencing Him. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. Why is that important that it comes from that place? Why is it important that we know the Lord? Paul answers this. He says, verse 18, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. That, soul, that, song, that song, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Comes from this verse. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. So he asks for knowledge to know him so that their hearts may be enlightened so that they don't speak from their heads anymore. It is a conviction from the heart. And here comes the three reasons why he asks this. That you may know what is the hope to which you have been called. Where are you this morning on this if you are truly honest with yourself? And what did you base that on? 
And so I pray that in this year, we will receive the understanding given to us by the Spirit so that we will know Him and the hope that we have been called to. Even if things happen around us that we don't like, we don't want, our hope is not in the external. Things will be tough this year. Level six is definitely not a joyride if you are a business owner or employed by an employee. Things will get tough, but our joy is in knowing the King of Kings, knowing that all rule, all dominion, and all power is under His feet. Is that true of you this morning? Why does He ask for knowledge? So that we, so that we may know what are the riches of His glorious inheritance. Do you know that in Christ, this morning, you are a son and a daughter? A son is loved. A son is accepted. A son is cared for. My son and my daughters do not have to do anything for my love. They can do whatever they want to do. They will always be accepted. They definitely do not worry about what they're eating after church today. They've not even started to ponder about it because they have a father and a mother who takes care of it. You are a son of the heavenly father. Why do you care and worry about tomorrow? You are loved, you are accepted, and he provides for you. He provides for you. Then he continues, and what the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. Why did he pray for them to know God so that they would understand the hope, the inheritance, and the great power? The great power. When you pray over somebody that is fearful, are you standing on your knowledge? Or are you standing on the name above all names? Every rule under his feet, every name under his feet, every dominion under his feet, when you speak that name, there is no greater power available to mankind in this age and the age to come. And it is available to each one of us this morning that declares Him as our Lord and Savior. He has been risen. He was raised. And that same power that brings life, that gives life, that restores, that uplifts, that same power is available when you look at your bank balance. When you think about your husband or you think about your wife or you're sitting here this morning and maybe it's a son that is far off or a daughter that has gone astray. Same power that brought life in Jesus' name can restore, will restore. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're facing a real physical health challenge. In His name, can be restored, and it will be restored, and there will be life. Amen. There was a second balloon for a reason. If you are honest this morning, where is your hope? How much hope do you have this morning? What did you base your hope on when I asked the question in the beginning? I use the example, maybe it's true. Maybe you're sitting here as a wife 
apologize for picking on the husbands this morning. And you've just been asking and praying and pleading with your husband to spend more time together, to spend more time with the kids. Just recently had a conversation with a man that went through a qualitative, qualitative and quantitative study on just his time management, seeing how much time does he actually spend in a week, not just in a meeting, not just delivering something, but preparing mind space, everything, adding up those hours. And it came out to be 81 hours a week. He's busy just with what his profession is. And the reason for this study and why he did this is what is scary. Because his eldest daughter looked at his wife and said, Mom, why don't you divorce him? Because he's never around in any case. So maybe you're sitting here this morning and that is you. That is you. I remember my daughter sitting here, this one, two years ago, three years ago now, saying to me, Dad, you used to be my coach and my mentor, but lately you're so busy, I don't see you anymore. And you've been asking and you've been talking and nothing changes. Do you really have hope? Or if you think of the future, and I know there's a few health challenges here, just here this morning, what is the hope? What are you holding on to? Well, maybe you're sitting here this morning, everything is worked out, everything is planned, You've got plan B and a plan C for plan A if plan A fails. But what if situations change and it impacts your plan? Thinking of a friend who I sat with last year that said to me, our life was worked out, everything planned to the T, and he lost his wife. What is it that you hold on to this morning? And how is the scripture applicable to us? See, we like to run to society and friends uh, and look at our performance to define who we are. And so what I see from this verse, verses this morning, and from this word this morning, and from this prayer this morning, you can only be defined, and you can only come to the full knowledge and understanding of whom you are in Christ by sitting at His feet, by allowing Him to speak into your spirit, to speak over you, Son, Daughter, adopted, accepted, chosen, sealed by my spirit. And not Facebook. And whatever else we so easily run to. Not your performance. Not what you have or don't have. How is this word applicable to us and how do we apply it to our lives? Well, to be at a place where he speaks into our hearts and our spirits. We need to constantly be at His feet. Day in, day out. Be at His feet. So I want to just read this to you. I took those verses. And I want to read it over us as a prayer this morning. And Cindy, you guys can come up. You can close your eyes. This morning I pray over each one of you. And over Linwood and over us. As a family, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our glory, may give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we may know what is the hope to which He has called us, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in us, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us, 
who believe according to the working of His great might. And so as a prophetic act, I've asked Cindy just to prepare this song. Do you truly know who Jesus is this morning? And so maybe it's provision. Maybe you find yourself in a space of you've lost hope, depressed, fear. May these words proclaim faith and hope over you. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
your healing its circumstances will change I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus name I pray that a breakthrough would happen today I pray miracles over your life in Jesus name 